be preaching on the hour of the Lord's Prayer. And they're like, well, when is that? <laughs> I said, not that hour. O-U-R, the hour, the plural community, hour of the Lord's Prayer. Before we even do that, let's go ahead and recite it. I have um, a, a version of it here up on the screen that, that you can um, read with me. <clears throat> it's not exactly the same as is in your Bible, but I, I would like for us to recite this together because I want you to know these words. Even if you use different words than this exact thing, you know, you might say thy kingdom come and different things like that. Um, but I, we need to know these words because they are to guide our prayers. We're to recite these words either out loud or in our minds. And then we're to meditate on the truths there then to pray back to God, to respond in prayer to these truths. And then we then, you know, just move on through the Lord, Lord's Prayer doing that. So let's recite this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So I'm counting that as our scripture reading, because that is, uh, you know, the version that I've kind of come up with uh, that is the same thing as Matthew 6, 9 through 13. <clears throat> and we'll understand more of that, the changes that I've made as we move on through. Now, I also want to tell you this. Typically, if I were teaching through uh, the Lord's Prayer, today's sermon, what I'm going to teach you today, would come later in the series. Typically, I would begin the series by teaching about our Father in heaven, but with that focus on God and we would typically focus on the infinite value and worth of God. And we would typically focus on the fact that God's value deserves to be hallowed, to be honored, to revered, and that that's our, our purpose in life is to make sure his name is being hallowed because he is of infinite value and worth. But that is not what we will be teaching on today or what I'll be teaching on today uh, Lord willing, that sermon will come next week, and I do look forward uh, to focusing on the glory of our great God and His name being honored. Today, I want us to focus on the, the hour. I already showed you that the hour, this plural pronoun use in the Lord's Prayer. And the reason I want to do that, the reason I pulled this out of order, is because I think that the teachings that we'll find... Uh, in, in the, the plural pronouns, things like our, uh, you know, um, we, things like that will be incredibly important uh, for what we'll talk about, what we'll discuss at tonight's meeting. I think it will uh, be, be a very timely teaching uh, to focus on these pronouns now and, and look forward to focusing, our, uh, focusing on our Father who is in heaven. So when you think about the, the Lord's Prayer, I probably, I mean, if someone asked me, hey, can you teach me how to pray? 
If someone said, give me a model prayer that would guide all my prayers, I would probably have done it differently than Jesus. And it would have been that very first word, at least in the English version, uh, that, that our there, our Father in heaven. I probably, and, and probably you as well, would have started with the word, my Father in heaven. Then I would continue on, you know, doing the same thing. Give me this day my daily bread. Forgive me my debts and so on and so forth. And that's typically just how we think. We, we, we most naturally gravitate to think about ourselves and our own interests. And, and that's a good thing to, to pray to God, th- that we show, I am in need, God, of your grace. I want to hallow your name. I want your kingdom to come. That is good, but that's not the way Jesus taught us to pray. I kind of uh, listed some of these. Our Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. Lead us not into temptation. And that's not even all of them. Those are just some, you know, examples uh, within the Lord's Prayer that Jesus, every single time he refers to us as the one praying, he speaks in the plural. And that's very interesting because Jesus does not mistake words. Jesus does not take any words lightly. And so the fact that he spoke in the plural rather than in the singular should mean something to us. And this, by the way, is important, right? Because the whole reason uh, Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer is so that we could use it as a guide for our prayers. And so we need to understand what Jesus meant. We need to understand the truths contained in the Lord's Prayer. So we need to understand the hour of the Lord's Prayer, this use of plural pronouns. What I believe Jesus is doing by using plural pronouns instead of personal pronouns is that he's reminding us of three very important things each and every time we use the Lord's Prayer. The first one is this. The hour reminds us we're united to a people. The fact that Jesus uses plural pronouns reminds us that we are united to a people. Now, one of the most glorious truths in all of the world, in all reality, is the fact that we sinners can be united to a perfect, holy, sin-bearing God when we trust in Jesus Christ. We are really united in his death. We are really united in his resurrection. I mean, that is one of the most beautiful truths in all of the world. But that's not all that happens when we are united to Christ. We're not only united to God, we are also united to a people, namely God's people. I see this, um, first of all, where we can, you know, just kind of dig in a little further. Is that, note one back. I don't know if I have control or if the booth has control. Here we go. Um, so you, that very second word in our English translation is, here's how we start by praying, okay? Think about this. Our Father, 
if there is a father, does it not make sense that there is also a family? If, if I call God Father, and that sounds weird, God Father. If I call God my Father, <laughs> and you call God my, your Father, what does that make us? That makes us family. And that is a wondrous re- reality, okay? That God not only unites us to himself, he adopts us into his family. Again, we're going to dig into this stuff more next week. He adopts us into his family with him as our father, but he also brings us in with many brothers and sisters. This is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I should say this, I, I put this, we are a people with a passion, We are a people who are enamored with our God. What kid doesn't grow up thinking their dad is a superhero? (laughs) Some of you say, well, my kid didn't. Sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My kids think I'm the strongest, the smartest. Um, Now, with Christians, we just happen to be right. Our God is the best. He is a, a superhero, if you will. And we all feel that way about him. We all think our God is the greatest, and we're right. So we are a common people, namely the family of God, who share a common passion, namely the glory of God, that he is glorious. He has our attention. But we move on a little bit more in, into the Lord's Prayer. We see this idea of kingdom, because we pray next, your kingdom come, your kingdom. So, again, we're kind of just doing some work here. Our Father has a kingdom, so so God has a kingdom. There's a kingdom of God, and I've been brought into his family, so that means I am also a citizen. And what is a kingdom except for a gathering of citizens, a people? And so when we become a citizen of God's, of God's kingdom, we have many, many fellow countrymen and women. Fellow patriots, if you will. And I would even say fellow comrades. Because our kingdom is at war with the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of God is at war with the kingdom of Satan. You say, well, who's my enemies? All those unsaved people? No, they are not your enemies. They are the people you have been given this this news brought into the kingdom as ambassadors. We are all citizens of the kingdom of God, yet we are in this foreign country as sojourners. And Paul says we are ambassadors of Christ Jesus. God making his appeal through us be reconciled to Christ. Whoa. So all, the, all these sinful people are out there aren't our enemies. They are the people we are seeking to rescue. That we are to proclaim the excellencies of God to them. To proclaim salvation purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. We're to proclaim that to them and say, If you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. If you say, I'm sinful, I I recognize that I'm a rebel against God, yet God is offering amnesty. God is offering amnesty for all of our rebellion against him, and he's offering citizenship 
to any who will trust in Christ Jesus. That is our purpose. And all of us share that purpose. Each and every citizen of the kingdom of God shares that purpose. And this is what I believe Jesus is, is, is teaching us, reminding us of every single time we, we go through and pray and meditate on the Lord's Prayer is, you're not a lone ranger Christian. You are gathered to a people, you are united to a people with a purpose and a passion, a passion and a purpose rather. This is, this is an incredible reality, and, and it makes a lot of difference for how we move forward in this life. And I would say it makes a big difference for how we move forward in prayer. Because you say, well, what difference does this make for prayer, that, that we're gathered to a people? I'm trying to talk to God. What do I, I don't need to think about all my brothers and sisters, my fellow citizens. But we do. I believe, number two, the hour reminds us to pray for each other. The hour reminds us to pray for each other, not just for ourselves. Please hear me say, I don't want to discourage you from praying for yourself. I pray for myself every single day <laughs> because I, every single day, need God's grace in my life. I need to uh, be, be strengthened. I need to put sin to death. I need to, to forgive people but we also need to pray for other Christians. And you say, well, why? How, how does the Lord's Prayer remind us of that? Let's think about it this way. Have any of you ever played on a team sport? You can raise your hand. Basketball, soccer, football, cheerleading, doubles, tennis, doubles, ping pong. I don't know. Have you ever played on a team sport? Okay, a lot of you. Have any of you ever been on a team at work? Right? You guys all have a common purpose, a goal, and you're working together. Okay. Now tell me, do you just care how you perform when you're you know, in that game or working on that project? Or do you also care how your teammates perform? Unless you have some real heart problems. At least at some level, you hope they perform well. You want them to do well. Well, why? Why do you care how they do instead of just your own performance? Well, in a very real way, their success or failure is a part of your success or failure. When you're on a team, that's how things work. When you have a common passion and a common purpose and, and your, your friend, your teammate over here is, is failing, they could cause you to lose the game. When your, your coworker over here is failing, they could cause you to miss the deadline. And you have a, this common purpose. And so in work, we want others to do well. We desire, man, I, I hope that they, 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 they stay passionate. I hope that they, uh, you know, continue to do this job well. In sports, I hope that she doesn't whiff the ball right now because we really need her to get this, you know, because we have this common purpose purpose. We desire the same thing. And so I think about with prayer, if prayer is really effective, if, if me praying for myself really does help me to be more, more united with God, more focused on God, more able to do what he has called me to do, then it is the same way for praying for other people. 
I should be pursuing their closeness to God, their faith, their perseverance, their boldness in proclaiming the word, their repentance of sin. I, I should want that for them as well because we're focused on the same purpose. We're, we're on the same team. And by the way, in some ways, I feel it is a belittling of the kingdom of God and this purpose we have to even compare it with soccer and football. I mean, it's a joke. Who cares? It's, it's, it's belittling of the kingdom to even talk, compare it to our jobs. That's just your job. That's just finances. It's just stuff. Who cares? This is the kingdom of God. This is eternal souls. This is the glory of God being spread. We should really desire this for other people. We should really be praying and begging God to work in the lives of other people because we have a common purpose. Well, what would that look like? I, I just want to make this a, a little bit more practical. Pray for Christians. And by the way, we should pray for non-Christians too. But specifically, right now I'm focusing on praying for Christians. Pray for Christians in your proximity. That's people near to you, people you do life with. That could be your spouse, your, your friends, your you know, saved co-workers. It could be your fellow churchmen and women. Please pray for your church. I so desperately want God to work in and through all of our lives to make an impact on this world for his glory. We pray for those in our, our nearest proximity, but then we move out. And you could break these down more, but pray for your city. Pray for this area that God has entrusted to you. Remember how we're ambassadors of Christ Jesus? Well, we're, we're ambassadors to the Ringgold, Fort O, Chattanooga area. Pray for God's impact to happen here, that he would soften hearts and that he would embolden the Christians here to speak the gospel, that he would help the Christians here live consistent lives with the gospel, right? To walk worthy of the calling to which we have been called so that we can shine this light. Then I would say, moving on, pray for your country, the Christians in your country. I, our, our country is, is rapidly declining morally. It has always been declining morally to some degree, but it's, the speed has ramped up. And without the hand of God and Christians impacting this country, um, things are not going to go well here. Then I think we should pray for Christians around the world. And we did that this morning. I mean, sometimes it can be God <laughs> spread your glory, you know, over the whole world like the waters cover the sea. But sometimes it can be more, more specific, right? Right now, God has put on our minds uh, what's happening in Ukraine. And God has laid on our hearts the Christians there in Ukraine. And so even as you're praying for the whole world, you can make it specific. God Empower those believers there in Ukraine. Give them wisdom. Give them strength. Empower their words. God, help those believers there in Afghanistan. Help those believers in North Korea. I mean, just whatever God lays on your heart, you can pray those things, and you should pray for these, these fellow Christians and that God would do an amazing thing there. Why? Because even though... The Ukrainians on the other side of the, are on the other side of the globe. 
it is, I guess, nighttime for them now. They still have the exact same passion and purpose as we do. And so we want them to succeed. We want them to, to rescue captives by the, by the power of the gospel proclaimed. We want them to pers- persevere. In fact, we, we even just want good for them to, and, and mercy for them during these hard times. And so we pray. This is an incredible opportunity that we have. By the way, there are many things that we can do to encourage one another because we have this common passion and common purpose. But prayer is one of the most simple yet significant things you can do for another person. You're asking God to do something. It's very simple, but it is significant. But I think there's one more thing Jesus wants to remind us of in using these plural pronouns like our and we, us. Number three, the our, and I left an apostrophe there. Anyways, the our reminds us to pray with each other. I I can explain this in in a couple ways. Um, Number one, the wording of the Lord's Prayer is most natural when you're with a group. Because it's unusual for us to use um, plural words when we're just speaking uh, for ourselves alone. Again, I'm not saying you can't pray for other people when they're not around, but the very wording of the Lord's Prayer is used most naturally in a group form. Our Father, give us this day. Again, this pattern because, I mean, you think about it, if, if, uh, if I were to, you know, walk up to the front of the building and I'm, I'm alone and you open the door for me and I say, we thank you. So, who is he talking about? <laughs> Does he have an Amer- imaginary friend we don't know about? You know, because we don't speak that way. We don't talk in the plural when we're just talking about ourselves. So most natural when we're together. I also think this. If we have this common passion and common purpose, it is most encouraging and prayer is most effective when we are gathered together, when we're truly gathered together, praying together, working together for the sake of the gospel and the glory of our great God. COVID has changed uh, the world in many ways. And one of the ways that I know has affected even many of you is that you now work from home. You work remotely. And one of the big hurdles that uh, industries and, and companies have to overcome is you lose synergy when people are separate from one another. So they're on a team. They're to accomplish a purpose. And it used to be they were gathered together in an office working towards this common goal. But now they're, they're separate we got cool things like Zoom, and of course we have our phones, but it's just not the same. And so it is in the, the spiritual realm. When we come together, there is a synergy in our prayers, a, a compounding, a, a momentum that is gained that, that doesn't happen when we, we sit and pray alone, even when we pray for other people, as good as that is. 
there is a synergy, a momentum that is gained, a power of God that happens when we pray together. I can think of in my, my own life, there have been so many times, I mean so many times, that I have left group prayer and in my heart, I much more strongly desired to put sin to death in my own life. And I much more desired to, to share the gospel. Like, well, why? You left a prayer meeting? A, you know, well, what happened was we were praying that God would help us to put sin to death. And we're praying about God's glory. And I'm hearing my brothers and my sisters pray these things uh, about the, you know, the glory of God and the sinfulness of sin. And in the act of their prayer, God was answering the prayer in my heart, making me hate sin more and want to do war against it. And then I'm hearing them pray uh, about the lost people who don't know him, who don't trust him, and that we could just tell them we have this message of salvation. And in me, as they're praying for us to have a zeal to share the gospel, a zeal for the gospel is growing in me. That is prayer synergy. That is prayer momentum. God is answering the prayer, and he is actually using the gathered prayer to bring the answer. That's not the only way uh, prayer is, is more strong when we're gathered together. But, I mean, seriously, it happens all the time. Almost every time I pray with other Christians, I, I, I feel a difference that God worked in my heart, and I assume in the hearts of the other people as we pray together in a way that does not happen when I pray alone as vital as praying alone is. There, uh, I read an article the other day by a pastor in Ukraine, and he wrote this article, uh, I believe just days or a day before the attack that, that did finally happen. And uh, th th this really encouraged me to, to read uh, what he had to say, as well as made my heart ache for them. And, and so, I, I want to show you this. I, I've got the slides here. This is what he said, just an excerpt of what he said. We believe the church is a place of spiritual struggle. As tensions have risen, our church announced a week of fasting and prayer, gathering every night to bring our requests to God. For three days in a row, the lights were turned off in the city. We were forced to meet in the dark, adding a solemn atmosphere to our prayers for peace. So they're praying for peace. Next slide, yep. At the end of the week, he says, at the end of the week, those moments produced in us an inner strength to persevere. Through communal prayers, we've gained confidence and peace. We believe God is with us and that is the most important thing. This persevering confidence, this, this deep inner peace awaiting Russia to attack them came through gathered prayer. We prayed for peace and this time produced in us the confidence to persevere. I read that, and, and I mean, again, just, my heart is breaking for them, but my heart's, heart's rejoicing for them as well, that they are in one of the most scary situations possible, yet they have this peace of God that surpasses all understanding because they gathered together for prayer. 
It is not just an old, worn-out tradition to, to gather with your church and pray. It is not corny or, or, or cheesy to, to, to grab a friend and say, man, will you just pray with me? I just want to pray with you. It's not, not weird to pray with and for your small group. To, I mean, this is what we were meant, made to do. I mentioned it again in, uh, in the email. 16 times in the book of Acts, they had gathered prayer. And this is a book that's showing us the patterns of the church. 16 times in a 28-chapter book, there's the gathered prayers of Christians. Christians were meant to pray together. And that's what we should learn from the, the hour of the Lord's Prayer. It reminds us that we are united to a people. Yes, I'm united to Christ, and that is one of the most glorious realities in the world. But I'm united to a people with a united passion, a united purpose to spread the glory of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And with that, with that family uh, aspect and kingdom aspect or team aspect, whatever you want to call it, we pray for each other. I mean, there should be this desire in us to pray for each other. I'm not commanding you to pray for each other. I'm saying you should want to pray for each other because we're on the same team. We've got the same passion and purpose, and we should pray with each other. There is a special power that happens in gathered prayer that does not happen otherwise. We're not a, a, a social club. We're, we're not uh, just people who you know, ha share a same affinity for a certain sport or style or anything like that. We are the people of God. We are gathered in this church together with a common passion and purpose. And so my hope is, once again, that through focusing just on the pronouns in the Lord's Prayer, that, that each and every time you now use the Lord's Prayer to guide you, that you will remember these things. I'm, I'm a part of a people. We've, we've got a passion and purpose, and you start praying for other people. And then even in that moment, you say, you know what? I'd really like to pray with somebody. Maybe I should attend the church prayer meeting. Maybe, maybe I should you know, just grab a few people. Maybe I should start attending a small group. You know, I, I want to pray with people, the women's group, the men's group. This is what I hope God will do through the hour of the Lord's prayer. Because I want the power of God put on display. I want us to know Him. I want us to experience Him. I want us to be used by Him. And that will not happen apart from prayer. Let's lift our request to him now. Father God, if we have any superiority or individualistic mindset, God, would you remind us that we are a part of a people, each and every one a recipient of grace, None of us earned our way into the family or into the kingdom, God. And so, God, would you help us to, to put aside any, any selfish motives and, and put on your passion and your purpose that you've given us? 
And God, would you help us to pray for one another? To, to be desiring that our team do well, that we glorify you well, that we spread the gospel well, that we build up one another well. And God, give us the grace and the courage to meet with one another and pray. God, you are so good. And just this, this, this sermon has me so excited about what a privilege it is to be in your family, to be in your kingdom. God, would you use us all to bring more people into this family, in this kingdom? This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.